Welcome to the Compliance Perspectives Podcast. I'm Adam Turtletow from the Society of Corporate Compliance and Ethics and Healthcare Compliance Association. Joining us from her vacation in Lake Tahoe is Sheila Limerah. Sheila is Compliance Officer for Pinnacle Healthcare Consulting, and she's the author of a chapter on social media risk for the Complete Healthcare Compliance Manual. First, Sheila, thank you for, well, coming off the slopes to talk to us today. You're welcome. I'm happy to be with you today. Happy to have you and uh, sorry to take you away from so much fun. Um, let's talk now about social media and its risks. Um, I remember years ago having a discussion about social media risk in healthcare and the patient privacy issue was a huge one. It was typically described as stemming from a nurse posting to Facebook a photo of herself with a patient. Is that still the main risk or are there others these days? Well, I agree with you, Adam. In years past compliance, it was primarily concerned with inappropriate social media posts made by a workforce member. And by inappropriate, I'm talking about the workforce member who releases protected health information purposefully or more likely inadvertently. Those posts continue to be a risk because of human behavior. But advances in social media platforms has created new risk that may require expertise from an IT perspective. And what I'm referring to is the 2022 news story related to Metapixel, a tracking tool we all learned that was installed on many hospital websites without their knowledge. The tool collected protected health information and shared the data with Facebook. This news story revealed a risk that covered entities may not understand the privacy policies of online platforms and the privacy settings within these systems. I think the takeaway is the security risk assessment that incorporates social media risk and social media usage by covered entity. That risk assessment's vital to reducing risk and ultimately protecting the patient's privacy. Well, and you make a, uh, a point that, that I want to miss amidst all of this is that we have to remember how integrated the social media platforms are into all kinds of places and the data does end up traveling everywhere. Now, obviously organizations need to start with having written policies and procedures about how they're going to handle all these social media issues. Uh, what should be in them? Well, before I Start talking specifics, I just want to emphasize the importance of compliance policies and procedures in general in setting expectations at an organization and setting that culture of compliance to ensure workforce members understand the importance of HIPAA. You really need that executive leadership buy-in. They need to be proactively supporting compliance policies and procedures. But back to your question. Social media policies and procedures need to address expectations. And you drill down into topics such as social media and photography and audio recordings. Does the organization even per, per, permit photography and audio recordings? Where do they draw the line? Letting the employees know. 
expectations related to the use of devices during work hours. If you don't set that expectation and have some type of policy and procedure about personal devices in the workplace within a healthcare setting, then they may be used inappropriately. Um, perhaps someone, an employee walks into a patient room with that device and lo and behold, they know the patient in the bed and they take a photograph and then it leads to an online post and perhaps it's a new employee and they don't realize what they've done is a HIPAA violation. So you just have to have those parameters and set those guidelines and provide examples of inappropriate social media posts as part of the policies and procedures. And you definitely want to include disciplinary consequences for inappropriate social media use. Beyond policies and procedures related to individual behavior, Organizations should address the sanctioned use of social media. These policies and procedures may live in a marketing department for a larger organization, but they should be reviewed by compliance. You want to make sure HIPAA is incorporated into those. For example, if marketing has a social media advertisement with a patient testimonial, and you want to make sure does the policy include that the organization obtains a signed authorization prior to the patient's testimony being published on social media? And does that authorization meet all of the requirements of HIPAA? It's a lot to double check there. And, and you make a, a good point to remember for there, which is examples are really instructive. What in general are you finding is the best way to train employees on how these uh, policies apply to them? And, and here I'm talking about everyone from medical personnel on the floor to the marketing team, which you talked about just a moment ago, you know, since all of them can get into significant HIPAA and, and other troubles as well. Training is a key. No one wants to lose an employee to a HIPAA violation. So we owe our employees that training and education, and it helps to reduce social media risk. Now, one size doesn't fit all when it comes to training. And for in-person training, the training provided to marketing personnel, it's not going to be the same training provided to medical staff or clinical employees. Training and education, it should be provided in a variety of formats to reinforce the points. We can do the in-person training now that COVID has settled down. We can combine that with email blasts about a topic and then add to that computer-based training. All of that in combination works well when consistently performed. And we have to consistently perform and not consider training a one and done because we're having more staff turnover now more than ever. So you wanna make sure you continue that program of training and education. And you're right when you talked about in the introduction about social media posts, how one person can impact. And yes, social media posts can not only impact the patient and violate HIPAA, but it can also have a personal impact on the poster. We know posts live on even after deletion. The key to training is helping people to understand that and understand their obligation as part of HIPAA compliance. Social media expectations need to be addressed as part of new employee training, especially I think of those employees who are new to healthcare 
For example, I like to consider the fast food employee who obtains an entry-level healthcare position. You cannot expect the individual, especially if they're at an age where they have grown up with social media, to understand their HIPAA obligations. I've actually found role play with audience participation at in-person orientation drives home the social media and privacy expectations as part of HIPAA compliance, and it really helps that new employee who's also new to healthcare. As far as the clinical side, you know, there's some great tools that already exist that we can all rely upon. A Nurse's Guide to the Use of Social Media was published by the um, National Council of State Boards of Nursing, and the guide is fantastic. It provides examples of social media posts that violate a patient's right to privacy. It lists consequences for the inappropriate use of social media, and it concludes with tips on how to avoid disclosing confidential information. It's an excellent tool for training clinical employees. And as you develop your training, it's good to consider, do you have any higher risk groups within your covered entity? From experience, I consider nurses working in a neonatal intensive care unit, or NICU, of higher risk for making inappropriate social media posts inadvertently. And the reason I say that is because of the relationships that develop. Nurses become close to their patients, especially an infant that they may care for anywhere from three months to a year. That's a lot of opportunity for relationships to develop with the parents and for social media posts to be made. Some made in the spirit of goodness, but at the same time, oops, there's a HIPAA violation, and it's uh, protected health information. So we all have limited resources. We want to educate everyone, but we also want to focus on, focus on any individualized training for high-risk areas. Now, one of the problems with social media violations is that too often an organization finds out about it after someone's already seen it, approached them, uh, sort of the cat's out of the bag. How can healthcare entities stay on top of what is being posted? Do you have to wait for something objectionable to be called to your attention? Or are there some proactive methods that organizations should be using? There are some proactive methods that are being used by organizations across industries and certainly used by healthcare industries. There are content management tools offered by vendors and they permit entities to quote police social media posts related to the entity. So the vendors permit entities to respond to social media posts. A lot of times these responses are pre-written canned responses, depending upon what the poster, typically a patient or a family member has said. So compliance should really ensure those responses are HIPAA compliant. And the tools will also flag posts for someone to determine if the post was made by an employee. And if so, does the post represent a HIPAA violation? The tools out there are great and allow you, as I said, to manage your social media content. Compliance just needs to determine if their organization is using one such tool and how they're being used by the entity. 
in addition to the content management tools, I'd really like to add that it's a great opportunity, as we've said, to set expectations for staff if you're not using a tool. And by this, I mean empower your employees to speak up if they see something. Compliance has way too much responsibility to be reading employee social media posts looking for HIPAA violations. We need to train and educate staff to bring forward questionable posts made by coworkers. This can be successful if it's presented properly. In other words, the goal is not a gotcha program, but the goal is to protect the patient and their right to privacy, to protect the organization, and to educate the employee. It doesn't mean the employee, if something's brought forward, is going to lose their job immediately. And a lot of people use disciplinary action as what's called a just culture and considerations given to should the employee have known, have they been educated before. There's a lot that goes into determining if an employee violated HIPAA inadvertently and just requires additional education or if it needs to be something that requires disciplinary action. Well, and nobody really wants to get to the position where an employee loses their job over something that was preventable with a little bit of training and a little bit of monitoring. Uh, well, Sheila, thank you so much for taking time away from your vacation to talk to us. I want to thank all of you for taking the time to listen. I'm Adam Turtletaup from SCCE and HCCA. I hope we're able to expand your compliance perspective.